0: Ready? (laughs) We're asking the hard-hitting questions today. Hmm. Hello and welcome to Rhythm and Pixels, a video game music podcast. My name is Rob Nichols.
1: And I'm Pernod.
0: Every week we listen to great video game music from all the generations and all consoles. We find great music and we enjoy it. Well, we try to enjoy it, but we typically end up enjoying it. It's a... It's
1: a weird balance of sifting through the what to find the mm. yeah. And that's what we hope to pass on to you guys. Though, heaven forbid we have an episode like, here's all the music that didn't make the cut. The episode.
0: We we have some of those. <laughs> We've never had an episode <laughs> Where specifically. I'm like, here's def- some, oh yeah, specifically like backups, tracks. I'm
1: so- not even talking about backup. I'm saying you listen to an OST for a game, mm-hmm. you get to a track, and your ears bleed. And you're just not feeling like, next track please. Oh, I see, I see. Like I feel like that
0: would be at a harder show or think, a harder episode to do. I don't think I would do that show. Well, that's just that's an interesting thing. Like, think about this for a second. If I don't want to listen to it, and well, you don't want to listen to it, but that's
1: just that's what would make it an interesting experiment for the show. It's the thought of what well, there's always the idea that no, there's no truly just uniformly bad track. Yeah, there's no that. track that you could play that every single person will hate. Hmm. Please don't try to prove me
0: wrong. But but but, but what we could do is find music that I normally wouldn't gravitate towards and then try to find something. That's
1: what I mean. Yeah, like that's the idea. That I like about it.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: Cause like, or my, I mean, honestly, I would seriously just fly by Like, I don't know if I like this track. I mean, it could be for any number of reasons, mm. but just like this track didn't quite sing to it's me, true. I mean, but I'm curious <sighs> to hear if you or the listeners would like it instead. It's an interesting little experiment to play because I, yeah. Oh, yeah. feedback would be people saying, you know, Pernell, ain't like that track, but you know what? That's one of my favorite tracks in the game. What mm. do you not like about it? <laughs> and that's kind of part of the humor in it all. Mm. I would say about fifty percent of the show I don't like. Hope it's your 50%, <laughs> my is your fifty percent, because my fifty percent is
0: awesome—nothing <laughs> but the best beats from uh, Planet Heat. Let's change the subject, um, Pernell. Uh, potato chips. <laughs> you had some. You had some. Um, some important insights. Well, you not, had some opinions. You have an opinion about spicy potato chips. Well, it's not so much. Ad- well, I guess it is kind of. But um, I felt a
1: little guilty of eating my usual creamy dill pickle hers after coming back from the gym. Mm-hmm. I just felt like I wanted potato chips. And then I was talking to Rob about it, and it was a funny thought where I was like, I always gravitate towards creamy dill pickle chips now, mm-hmm. but my previous favorite was the red hot chips. Yeah. But I won't, or rather, I will if I if that's the only option. But I prefer, do not want. Non-ripple. It has to be ripple,
0: hot chips, because I like to bite them ripple by ripple. Oh, I see. You like to... Oh, it's like an Oreo where like you kind of eat bit by bit, right? Yeah, there's no wrong way to eat a rich chip. Oh, interesting. I thought like you liked it more because like, it held more flavor crystals. Oh, no.
1: Because <laughs> like when it comes crystals. to chips,
0: I could just as well <laughs> be happy taking the bag and smashing it with a hammer and then eating all the dust. Oh, okay. Oh, that's interesting. It's, it's, it's how you eat it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm even do. I mean, one of those people that will take a bag of chips, crush them up, and then like roll some chicken
0: in it, and then fry it. And like, there's my meal. Yeah, that's that's what I think our listeners can learn about this show. That, that you're never too old to learn something new about your friends. Like how much they love consuming potato chip dust. And how they like to consume potato chip dust. That's all I'm saying. There's no wrong way to eat potato chip dust. I, I, I like barbecue potato chips, but not if they're flat. Yeah. I don't know what it is. It's, it's like... It's too dry. It by being flat, they're dry. Yeah, it's like just dust. Flat chips are dry. Yeah, they're all, I mean, they're all dry. I grant you that. Okay, how about to Like, so, where you telling me that a chip that has a slight bump is not dry? It's moist. I'm, I'm telling you, there's something scientific about having ridges in a potato chip. Um, that it activates your salivary glands. You know, it hits your tongue. And it, like, scrapes your tongue in the inside of your mouth. That sounds like a problem, actually. And you immediately start to salivate. And that activates all of the taste buds. And then all of that flavor gets in your mouth. And then, by, then you're done the whole bag and you're wondering what happens. And that then sounds you like think about the choices that you made in your life.
1: Sounds more like you say it scrapes your <laughs> mouth and then you get an infection because <laughs> you're eating food that's like tearing holes in your skin inside your mouth. <laughs> what kind of potatoes, the metallic potatoes are you eating there, sir? Mm. I don't even know. Don't want to know. This is a good segue into our topic for today. <laughs> It kind of is. kind of is. It's a topic that seems odd, but it resonates deep with me. And I was like, Rob, we got to do this topic. Yeah. We got
0: to do this topic. Rob was like, sure. So we should first start off with, um, you donate blood regularly. All the time. Because you have a um, a rarer type of, well, you have the blood that's donatable to everybody, right? And in black people, it's actually,
1: it is rare. It's oh. like 4% of the black population have it. I don't think I knew that. Yeah. Huh. I looked it up because it's weird I had this thought, you know, <laughs> everyone wants to feel special, you know? Everybody has that desire to feel a little special.
0: The superpower. Superpower. get, like, something unique. The super blood donor. I don't know. <laughs> super blood.
1: And uh, when it came up to the point where I started donating regularly, I started to realize how much they were, how frequently they were like, hey, we need you to come in and donate. We hmm. really need your blood type. And I started looking it up. I was like, what is this, a rare blood type or something? And it turns out that, of course, yes, O- negative is the most needed blood type because anyone can use it. Like, literally anybody. But people like me can only use my blood type, which is a, a rough concept in and of itself. Mm. So, it's a very needed blood type, but surprisingly, the rarest, which I was hoping was O- negative, is actually like AB positive or something, which is absurdly rare, but no one needs the blood. It's like a blood type that's only needed by like other AB positives or something weird like that. Mm. So... It's the rarest blood type, but it's the least useful blood type. Right. O-negative is rare-ish, but everybody wants it. It's a, it's a delicious beverage, I don't know, <laughs> for <laughs> the body. I, I, I got nothing. But we all we all bleed. but Only some of us. Oh, negative.
0: O-negative. Like the Bane. Oh, interesting. So we thought that to maybe raise awareness of blood donation and the, necess- the, the, the needs of hospital no it's not we're not trying to bring awareness to people who are listening to video game music podcasts we wanted to do a whole episode about blood pretty much just blood Just blood uh music about blood bloody games bloody bloody, bloody roar i didn't yeah. po- oh i should have picked bloody roar don't oh. worry don't worry some say other individual may have pulled a little bloody oh, roar
1: out of his own. Is it the half of the show that I hate? What? What? <laughs> the half where Perdell picks tracks you didn't choose? <laughs> I. That's 50%
0: of the show, Rob. Oh, no, I'm not saying what half. <laughs> that being, come on. Da, da, da. Don't put words in my mouth. <laughs> don't, oh. put, don't put 50% of the words in my mouth. Too late. Too late. Oh, boy. I see he came over and I was playing Enter the Gungeon. No, no, no! You weren't. Oh, I, I just finished playing Answer the Gunship. Yeah, you yeah. were playing Twenty XX. Oh, I had such a good run. I sometimes there's, there I have such a great run that I get to the fourth boss, and I just I blank out. Like I'm I, I'm totally stocked up on weapons and health and items, and I'm super ready to go. And it's the bot. It's it's there's two bosses on the fourth floor, and it's the boss that I can take on. I can take I can no hit this boss. It's the Wallmonger. Okay. And I just blank out. My brain just. Well, we're talking about gungeons too. Yeah, Gungeon, oh, Okay. Yeah. I can no-hit the fourth boss, this one boss, and my, my brain just blanked out, and it just I get hit like a billion times, and I, I still beat it, but now I'm on the fifth stage, which is incredibly difficult, and, no health, very long, and I have like, I can't get hit once, and I'm like ah, reactivate your zen. That kills me. That kills me because it's like I had everything set up. I had had the, the master round, so I had extra health. I had all these great weapons and stuff. Ah.
1: I wish I could say that. Uh, You're like hyper focused on this game right now. I'm like drowning in games.
0: I can't hyper focus on anything. I know. I just I need to I need to sit down and like actually get into some new stuff. But like I never I'm not making enough time for it. So, um, I'll i sit down and do that. Man. You know, okay. So it came up on um on our Facebook group Rhythm and Pixels chat, and you can join there, and we'll accept you because we're cool like that. Um, it was talk. People were talking about games that I will play, or I should be playing, or I could I could be playing and enjoy. And they said do a Team Ico day. No, nah, I was dead. Dan did. Daniel, 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 Daniel. Great idea. The last Guardian. I talked about it last week, how I'm afraid to try it because I'm going to cry my eyes out. But that is the perfect game to play because it's going to be emotional. And I'm, like the other last two Team Ico games, I'm going to love playing that with Christy. There you go. We're going to have a great time, me and my wife, sitting down playing this game. I'm going to do it. And it'll be a different game! I know. It's, I can't emphasize that enough. Granted, it's not one that came out recently. Doesn't matter. But it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Just has to be different. All right. So that's enough of me. Um, top of the show. Whatever. We'll we'll keep talking during the show. But blood, right? Yes. Hey, blood. Am I right? <laughs> that's, that's what everybody talks about. Everyone's talking about it, but no one's no one's doing anything about it. Blood. Well, well I don't want anyone to do anything about it. That sounds like a dangerous game. Mm. Well. What's dangerous is it's uh, the odd-numbered episode. Know what that means. Pernell brings some danger. Let me um, bring the cross-eyed banter. I have this Wikipedia page open to the UPN television network because <laughs> we just talked about hanging with Mr. Cooper for about 30 minutes before the show. Because the show is worth 30 minutes of anyone's time. I'm close that window. All right, Pernell, what you got? All right. My first
1: track is a tune that Dawn Lewis herself would absolutely approve of. Okay. This is from the game Dragon Star Varnier, and the track title is called, I believe it's called like Black Witch or Witch Negra. Hmm. And it's composed by Yo Oyama of Ziz Studio, Kaori Susui, and Tai Sema, or Tai Sena. just listening to Black Witch from the game Dragon Star Varnir composed by Yo Oyama of the Z studio and Kaori Susui and Taisena. so this track is honestly it's not as high energy as some of the tracks I could have picked from this game believe it or not the OST isn't even that large for this game but every track on it is a gem but this one particularly resonates well with me. Instrumental the instruments in here just it make me feel something when I hear it for a long period of time. Mm. It's nice. And it made me go with it instead of the norm. And as for where it fits into this episode theme it's a surprisingly tragic game. So the idea is that it has that typical concept that a lot of JRPGs have where you have a holy order battling against a quote-unquote evil group that turns to not be all that evil after all. <laughs> and then, unfortunate hero gets, in this case in this game, he becomes the thing he was trained to hunt by a series of unfortunate events. Mm-hmm. And then you, know, you come to learn that this group, they're witches, they're being hunted by a holy order. The um, concept behind it is that these witches are... Legitimately just unfortunate beings in the world of happenstance. Like, if you're a witch, you do. it's a very unfortunate thing to be.
0: Oh, interesting. Yeah.
1: So, witches have magical power in this world, but their magical power comes from dragons that exist within their wombs. And the way it uh, works... Okay,
0: okay. I think we, we, we might have talked about this at your house.
1: Very possible. Yeah. And what ends up happening here is that the dragon in the womb needs dragon blood... To live, and that's also what powers the witches and keeps them moving. Oh,
0: no, you were playing it. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Okay, I'm sorry. (laughs)
1: Okay, it's okay. (laughs) So, throughout the game, there's like a a group of young witches that exist. All right, one more
0: thing, one more thing. Um, These young witches, they have dragons? Yes. Okay, okay. Dragons. Dragons?
1: Dragons. But um, the dragoness in the womb needs to be kept fed in order to thrive. They live on dragon blood, so the characters, the witches, have to consume dragon blood throughout the game. Now, here's the hiccup, though. If you don't drink enough dragon blood, the witch will go crazy and lose her marbles, which means she has to be put down. If she consumes (sighs) a normal to too much dragon blood, which means inevitably the dragon inside of her womb will come to fruition and will hatch from within her, thereby killing her. Right. So they are un- they are screwed one way or the other.
0: So what's what is the doctor recommended amount of dragon's blood?
1: Whatever, just like the doctor's recommended amount of green tea or <laughs> or Doritos <laughs> potato chips, whatever until you're satisfied.
0: Uh, what, whatever you feel is is right. Whatever fits in your hand.
1: Exactly. But of course, given the scenario, the situation. You have these characters <laughs> who are like kind of are like teetering on starvation because okay. they're trying to keep it at bay as long as possible. Oh,
0: interesting. So
1: the premise of the game, of course,
0: is to stop the stop it, the cycle.
1: Yeah, okay. and it's weird because the main character is a guy, and he is the first male witch
0: to be created. Yeah, this looked like a harem anime when I was no, watching that's you thing, play it' play. No, the thing It's
1: actually, not. I oh, know. That's what I like about it. it. Even though it has the whole guy with a bunch of women, it's not a harem. It's mm-hmm. just literally by him being a man that became a witch. It brought a lot into question about what witches are. If there's a way to like stop this thing they're stuck with, because he doesn't mm-hmm. have a wound. there's no dragon in there, but he still got witch power, just like they do, and he's still quote unquote supposedly doomed to die. So they're trying to work through all the situation. The system is like, okay, so if you're here, that means maybe there's a way out of this, and they're like trying to find a cure
0: mm. for what they call witches' disease. How far? How far in are you?
1: I'm fairly far in, but I don't want to say anything about it, If, if I, anything is a spoiler.
0: If I recall, I showed up and you were in the middle of like uh, the opening cinematic scene, and it was it kept going, and you were like, wow, maybe I should come back to this, because it was so long. Yeah, like if I was there long.
1: by myself, I wouldn't have cared, but when you have a guest over and it's like, okay, let me get to a save point,
0: still waiting, still <laughs> yeah. waiting. Well, that's interesting, yeah, I, I forgot that this game also had a, um, like a blood aspect to it. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And I like to try to push... Games. It's, one, it's funny because Idea Factory games, they're like the primary RPG company oh, in this okay. day and age. Yeah,
0: You, you mention them a lot, yeah. yeah. They, they do a lot of games now, right?
1: Yeah, that's that's why they get brought up a lot, because they're like if you play JRPGs and this day and age, like new ones, mm-hmm. it's very unlikely that you're going to not come across an Idea Factory game. It's just not. Because they're the primary producers of the stuff nowadays. Um but even though they do a lot of reused assets and they take a lot of shortcuts even for some of their stuff, like they always have the, st- the, the still anime portraits, but now they kind of have that slight movement that makes them seem like they're alive, but they're not.
0: Yeah, everyone's very- really into using... It's, it's, a, um, it's a game uh, a development um, tool called Spine in which you can take an image, a high-res image, and cut out sections of it and animate those sections individually at like... A, like really well and so you can gonna have like a really clear image but then have like things move and bounce and flow and um and so you see that a lot like a super high-res anime like almost airbrushed image but like where are like the, it looks almost unreal like a picture moving
1: yeah it, it yeah. messes with you when you have when you're not used to it because you'll look at like i could have sworn i could have sworn that picture was moving a bit like they're breathing <laughs> and that's actually what it is but it doesn't seem like it at first because it's a very subtle movement Right. But yeah, but for the most part, mm-hmm. these games—they're even though they do these shortcuts and all that stuff—they tend to come up with some weird stories that feel like they go a little outside the norm sometimes. It's yeah, like you like, really want to see how they play yeah, out. When
0: you describe these things, they like—they—they they, they sound crazy mm-hmm. um, that you wouldn't really see in in games, especially like in the '90s and the early 2000s, yeah, which is where I'm going for the PlayStation 2. Ooh. I'm going for the most obvious choices, or the most obvious games. This is, uh, this is a gun con game that I, I feel like I've heard of, but like I, never, I never got a chance. It's called Vampire Knight. Mm. Um, I don't think it got an America, uh, a Western US release, but it's for the PlayStation 2. I could not find a composer at all for it, but it's an arcade style game. I think it's an arcade port. So because there's different um, modes. There's like an arcade mode, a classic mode, and some other like maybe time attack. And uh, it's a very narrative heavy game gun con game it reminds me of um elemental gear bolt a
1: little bit Ooh, now we're talking where it's it's
0: kind yeah it's kind of it's, it's it's a it's a light gun game but it's got like a lot of rpg elements and story elements um, and this is the uh, this is the music for options so just choosing options there's salt there is music for every little part of this game which is really cool so vampire knight for the playstation 2 um and the composer is unknown options music from the game Vampire Night for the PlayStation 2. Don't have a composer on this one. Um, yeah, but it's smooth. This this whole soundtrack is very atmospheric. Um, uh, it's, it's Some of the tracks are a little bass-heavy. I really like the hi-hat on this. It's very modern, like, trap music hi-hat, where it's like... Duh, 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 duh. But um, very, very, very atmospheric. I mean, obviously, with those, uh, <laughs> with that wind. Woo! <laughs> It's interesting that this is the option music, but it explains why it's like quicker loop. Yeah, it's a much shorter loop. It's sort of like just kind of setting the mood for when you start, start the game. Um, but I love, um, uh, for the PlayStation 1 and the PlayStation 2, the light gun was called... Well, maybe it was... I'm not sure if it was like the official light gun, but it was called the Gun Con. The thing is, there
1: wasn't an quote-unquote official one for the PlayStation. What ended up happening was... Different companies
0: had different guns. Mm-hmm. Mostly uh, but, Namco, though. Yeah, th- this was the Namco one, right? Yeah. Yeah, because it reminded me a lot of the, the gun used in the Time Crisis arcade game, mm-hmm. which had like a kickback on it. It had like, when you'd shoot, it had like a little recoil on top, and it was really satisfying to play.
1: Like, for me, the only thing I hated about gun cons was... The fact that the, the way that the technology they use for them requires you to have it connected to the TV and to the system itself. Right. So you'd have like the one cable running off the back of the PlayStation <laughs> controller around the backs of the, to TV, the TV set. yeah, And it was just kind of awkward and cumbersome. But,
0: but in exchange, not,
1: it was probably the most accurate,
0: like, portable handgun. Yeah, and it kept the, the screen from having to flicker. Because it was receiving input from the video, so it didn't have to flash the screen to see where like the hit collisions were, mm-hmm. which was pretty cool.
1: And it made for, it made games where you're constantly mashing the trigger feel much more comfortable because you were not getting like glare feedback constantly. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. The oh. um, I think some some of the the home versions of the Gun Con also had the uh, the recoil, which all like in the arcade. Like when I worked at the arcade, it broke all the time. Which we can we can never keep those it, yeah. um, working um, in good order, but. It was satisfying because, like, you know how those games you had to shoot and then you had to shoot outside the screen to reload? Sometimes it was difficult to know when you had to reload if you weren't paying attention to where your ammo was. But that you could, this one, you can actually feel it. So every shot you could feel in your hands, you knew when you would have to go and reload. It was pretty cool.
1: Honestly, I like actually yeah. I I need to try it out again because I don't recall, like, noticing anything special, but... What I did like about its use was that it had the right amount of weight to it. Mm. So I would have that thing where yeah, I'm like bang, a- bang bang bam bang, bang and I would just do like a hand flick. Like yes. flick, shoot, and bring it back. It's like a very fluid mm. motion. And you're just going to town. When you're playing like point blank, when the game would be like, yeah, shoot this car yeah. 50 times in 8 seconds before <laughs> the car hits the front of the screen. Like, Brr, brrr, 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 moving it back and forth, back and forth.
0: Man, I was really into a lot of these. There was a, um I remember uh, there was one called uh, Police Trainer? Mm-hmm. That was very surprisingly serious for a game. Yeah, that was really good. We used to play that one a lot. Um, and then all of the Sega ones. So Sega had House of the Dead. So the first and the second, I think maybe also the second House of the Dead used like a giant revolver. It was like a had like a really big barrel on the front um, of like of like a handgun. Really? And then um, in Jurassic Park and the Lost World, it also used the, well the one we had anyway. We had the same um, uh, uh, um, light gun for that. And so it was like you were shooting dinosaurs with this huge blaster, <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> which I always thought was funny. It was like let's go visit Jurassic Park and shoot all the dinosaurs
1: <laughs> I also kind of liked how
0: as arcades kind of went on mm-hmm. they became more and more the guns started getting ridiculous Oh, really elaborate yeah the um, like house of the dead turned into a, um, like a giant shotgun which I wasn't into um, Time Crisis 2 I feel was like the height of Time Crisis like, Wait, Time my, Crisis 2 yeah that was my favorite one it was two player you know it wasn't too complicated
1: I don't know like I guess I did like the Mm -hmm. game I was was about to say something along the lines of like I wasn't too big on it but then it hit me I did enjoy the whole like hit the pedal get
0: back up yeah 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 you had had to coordinate with your friend you know
1: yeah I was was a big fan of it though not so much the coordinating part because I didn't really I never played with friends of mine I was always with strangers in the arcade So trying to get your groove with this complete stranger who's just gung-ho with is going to put it down.
0: Get back behind the cover. Well, when, when these games are free and you played them all the time, like after hours and stuff, like we got weird because you can memorize when everything was going to happen. So on House of the Dead 1, we started having like um, a speed run contest. Dual wielding? Yeah, of like using both guns at the same time and see how far you can get, how fast you can finish the game. And at one point we were just able to just to finish it. We're like, all right. What's next? And the odd thing about it, dual wielding on
1: one hand seems
0: cool and it is cool, my kid.
1: But when you master the whole like hold and then finger trigger. Oh push. right. So
0: if you put your hand in front of the gun instead of, to, to to reload instead of putting it outside the screen. Oh no,
1: no, 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 no. Though that I didn't even think of oh, that. Oh, to
0: actually move faster. I'm talking about firing
1: faster by taking your finger mm-hmm. and putting it inside the trigger slot and like doing a constant flick there, like you right. kinda wiggle the gun into oh, your finger.
0: So that that brings me to like another technique. We're all, we're going all over the place here. So um we well, a couple weeks ago we talked about playing Nintendo and we had you used to put like a battery on the buttons yes. to rub it back and forth faster. Um, there's another thing that a lot of people do in fighting games. So, the, you know, the buttons are usually a little bit bigger mm-hmm. and super responsive. Is that um, there's, a whole, there's a whole technique called P-linking or plinking, which is priority linking. So if you hit the button and then hit it again super fast with the second finger, like kind of like...
1: Like, like a gallop.
0: Yeah, like a gallop. Galloping from one finger, like from your middle finger to your index finger. Super, super fast. That happens on the same frame with another button, often it'll priority link that button with the next button, and you can do combos that normally weren't possible. Or, you could give yourself an extra frame, because it was thinking you were hitting the jab instead of the, the medium punch. Was this a programming thing? Yeah, it was a programming error turned into a technique in Street Fighter 4, but it's used in a lot of other fighting games, because it's just inherent in these games. And it's definitely an arcade technique, not so much a console
1: one, because I can't imagine taking two fingers and jumping no, on like, those d- tiny controller def- buttons. Definitely not. But there's
0: other techniques you can do with 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 um, controllers that you can't do on joysticks Um, alright so that's that's my story and (laughs) that's and that's the end of that chapter and that as they say is that for what's your next track
1: Um, I'm hoping I even got the composer right for this Um, it's going to be kind of sad if I didn't all things considered but (laughs) between the between now and the break I'm sure I'll get the right composer well
0: I know the game oh
1: there's no way you won't. There's okay. absolutely no
0: way you won't know this Super game. Super Mario Blood Brothers.
1: How is that not a game? <laughs> that should be a game, man. <laughs> right? But no, 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 no. Mm. This game in particular, sir, is the OG game when someone thinks of blood in the video games. Take a crack at it. If someone thinks of blood in the video games, well, they, it should be. Mortal Kombat. You better believe it, baby. Oh, hey. All right, cool. Mortal Kombat from the Sega Genesis. The track title is The Hall Stage and the composer for this track is Dan Forden. A first for this show actually, I think.
0: Yeah, I don't think we've ever played Mortal Combat on the show.
1: We're Dan Forden. <laughs> To the Hall Stage theme from the game Mortal Kombat on the Sega Genesis originally composed by Dan Forden but I totally forgot that the Genesis version which Rob figured out mm-hmm. was actually updated and tweaked for the Genesis by Matt Pernis right he
0: did the uh, the music conversion and I, this for me this is this is the definitive uh, Mortal Kombat soundtrack like this is how it sounds in my head I think it sounds the best
1: honestly that makes two of us Harvey will a part of me wants to say it's nostalgia talking because mm-hmm. this is the version that I played yeah. growing up that was the version my brother ended up buying it's the version that I hated my friends for wanting to play constantly when I just <laughs> wanted to play Sonic and other actual action platformers yeah, yeah. but I digress Mortal Kombat, we can't have an episode on blood without bringing up the OG Mortal Kombat
0: game. Right, this game was released on home consoles on uh, the Genesis first, and then on the Super Nintendo shortly after. Mm -hmm. Um, But, strangely, with no signature blood splatter.
1: Yes, correct, because so, we have a number of young listeners on this show who may not have been alive when this happened, so Mortal Kombat was pretty much the beginning of companies and parents and all becoming truly concerned about violence in video games. Mm -hmm. When this game hit consoles, prior to that time in the arcade, and what it was no. mostly known for, it, it, was, it was
0: a fighting game that people liked, but it was known for the brutality of it all. Oh, absolutely. Tearing, tearing off spectacle. people's heads and stuff like that. Like, weird hidden codes to do some ultra-gruesome things. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was contained into the arcades, but it was in the arcades for a good long while before it reached the, the, home, the home consoles.
1: Yes, yeah. and when it did, Genesis was pretty much, yep, we want it, just bring it on, we'll take the game. But Nintendo was a family-friendly company back mm-hmm. then. Um, it had... Um, Freaking last name is killing me, but Howard Howard Lincoln was the guy that ran the company back then. He was very adamant about keeping their games family-friendly across the board. Mm. And also, this is before there were ratings. Yeah. So his solution for game the game on the system was rather than have the characters to secrete blood on contact, they sweat. So the characters were sweating in the game. Right. And then, of course, down the line, Midway injected a blood code into the game. You can input a
0: specific code and get actual blood colors for the splatter. It was very interesting. So, like, on the Genesis, if you punched a guy, nothing happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but very obviously on the opening screen, you can put it in a code, A-B-A-C-A-B-B. You remember it! <laughs> oh, absolutely, because I put it in every time. And it unlocked all of the gruesome fatalities, all of the blood would just pop up in the game. But now in the uh, the Super Nintendo version, Super Nintendo version, when you, when you first started the game, I believe the blood was there but it was all like gray and, yeah, and, and sweat. blue it was they called it sweat. sweat so i was like wow that's really strange but then you could had it, then it had its own code you could put in and you turn it red yep um, at that point i was like i'm not sure what the point is anymore honestly this game was released on home consoles before Street Fighter 2 was released on home consoles.
1: No, 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 Are you sure Street Fighter 2? I thought hit consoles in 1992 I on the Super Nintendo. Mm-hmm. It, was, it, was, it wasn't a launch game,
0: no. But it was near launch. Maybe, but uh, no, mm-hmm. it, it, it reached it before. It, no, it was before um, before hit Sega Genesis. Sega Genesis got it a little bit later. Yeah,
1: Super Di- yeah. Street Fighter on Sega Genesis came there because they got the Street Fighter 2 Super Turbo Ch- Championship. Yeah, edition. yeah, Championship
0: Edition. Um, and so that's all I wanted to play so <laughs> all I had for, for fighting games at home was Mortal Kombat and my friends did not like this game because I played it to death and learned all of the cheese moves and um I just
1: used Sonya Blade and did that weird air dash kick that <laughs> she constantly did and I, I exploited that move and the fact that I could actually win matches with it made me feel like a powerful being like okay I, we're done I won let's play Kid Chameleon turn this crap off <laughs> um, but it's interesting that due to this game. Existence, all of a sudden, all the news channels were running, you know, stories on violence in games and what are they doing to our children? Look right. at this game where you can rip this guy's spine out of his neck, you know. And parents, they were interviewing parents, interviewing the kids because, like, this game is awesome, it makes me feel like a big man. No kid actually said that, but man, what if he did? That would be hilarious. So, in the end, what ended up happening was enough outcry kicked in. A lot of parents were upset. The government said something needs to be done about this. So, they coupled with the video game industry, mm-hmm. created the ESRB, the Inter- I want to say it's like the Entertainment Service Ratings Board or something like that, yeah. and to this day, that is pretty much what we use to rate all of our video games. it stemmed from the release of Mortal Kombat right. on consoles and parents
0: freaking out. Yeah, from then on, there was a big, bold letter on the bottom left of those cartridges, and those um those those boxes that was like m for mature mm-hmm. or t for teen and before e for everybody it was kids to adults which yeah, was kind of a funny rating kids range. to adults that's right i remember and then i remember when um uh, what was what was that N- N64 game that was uh, had, the, had the, the, the squirrel in it.
1: Oh, Conquer's Bad Fur Day.
0: Conquer's Bad Fur Day. The first mature game on
1: a Nintendo console. Yeah,
0: ma- use the word mature very loosely. Are
1: hey, you trying dumbest. to say the, ma- the great mighty Pooh wasn't a mature gentleman who knew his boundaries?
0: No, I think that was a technological achievement. I mean, that game was splendid. putting in all of that music and voice work onto, the, onto that cartridge is and, and the full 3D game incredible.
1: It's interesting yeah. too because I think about that game now like say for to give some perspective on this I'm not going to go into it for those who don't know you're welcome to look it up but it's not for this show but I'm reviewing a game now called Omega Labyrinth Life. That game is definitely an M rated game but <laughs> I would not call it mature in any capacity. It's Pretty down the totem pole on maturity. kind of eh. But it's interesting when you look back on something like Conquer and all the flack that people were trying to give it back then for being a very immature game. Mm. And while I will admit it had a lot of immature humor to it, poop jokes, and a lot of swearing
0: and stuff, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: admittedly, the narrative and how they strung it together, coupled with the gameplay and the, just everything, it was surprisingly good game package like mm. as long as you're okay with the content you're getting a quality experience from Conquer's Bad Fur Day and when it wraps up you have to feel like man I experienced a really cool adventure here I'm glad Rare took the chance on this it's a weird thing about that and out to this day I would still play it
0: yeah I think it's great that they that they would take a chance on something completely different it was kind of like end of life on N64, too. It was like very towards the end of, of, of when they were releasing games for that console, at least in the States. Mm-hmm. Um, so al- along these lines of controversial, violent, bloody games, there was a game that would be released on the PlayStation and then the uh, fighting game that then the game engine was turned into a licensed product for the Wu-Tang Clan. Oh, talking about thrill kill. Yes. So we're going to listen to music. From Wu Tang Clan Shaolin style, this is this. I loved it. Only for the Wu Tang Clan.
1: That is an interesting way to pick a track. It, from was a, this it, game. A, it was it was a good, real
0: smart. It was a good four player em up game, but it was stupid violent. Mm-hmm. But the music is incredible because it was Wu Tang Mu- Wu Tang Clan composed some a lot of music for the game. They absolutely it? did. Um, and if you go um, check out the Forever Sound Version podcast, Michael Bridgewater, who is a hip hop. Um, uh, like, head. Like, he knows. I th- a he is a hip hop philosopher. Check out that. He's got a whole episode on this game. It's really cool. Um, so, anyway, this is the track called Rumble from Wu Tang Clan Shaolin Stop for the PlayStation. It is You God featuring Inspected Deck, Leatherface, Method Man, and produced by True Master. Um, he was a long time uh, Wu Tang Clan and Gravediggers producer. I was really wishing you were about to say he was a
1: surprisingly long time listener is, of the
0: show. No, like, this, is a, this is definitely, a maybe now. Uh, this is a You God track from Wu Tang Clan Shaolin style. This is Rumble.
1: Countdown. Are you ready? Are you mad inside? Got you strapped down to your seats? Out of the doorway, bullets, rip, full clip, guard speed, approach, follow my lead. Fire with gust, empire, crush, full thrust in the whole row with the rush, untouchable chunk of but earwax assault Soundwave, slave, out the back, cave smoke My belly full, press dance, avalanche, quote Downslope, elegant ass, fantasia Killer whale, tail in the hell, blackmail from Asia All out the woodworks, hood shirts, and wizards No match, unhatched, The raven's rigid in the shaft Shiny cock, and pop to the limit, night watch Pat Mark, spark, when a quake, nuclear blast Heavy on the cash. give it what it takes now Gotham City with the possibility to stop your walking ability. God forgive me, spark enemies with pistol grips, The missile tips impact hit you so hard. Official script strike with physical hits. You physical b- watch for the imperial blitz. Syppy is myth, subject to the wreck, war tones, and door poems live in the WWF war zone. More opponent got it tracks, bodies collapse, rap a lottery stacks, shatter like when pottery cracks, logical facts from the dome Spill from the guts, drill till you bust from where you bust and guard you now we trust. Told you like how the much, pound, pop the sound, shrunk line what? Look at drowned in the cup by pop cry round up. Rage. Professional next, left folks beheaded This music is mind control like computer chips Been doing this for numerous years, refuse to lose it With jungle tactics, maneuver like a trained soldier Hall of Fame, flamethrower, take game, it's game over Ayatollah, high roller, nine toter, Mind controller, 2009, time quota My coalition, bring the demolition move play decision, slate the competition With no intermission, spitting hazardous darts Up front, like Rosa Parks, make a million men more. Got next, I chin check. All these MCs line them up guard, I go your hard. Declare holy war, it be hard to dip in dodge. Police squads, trying to vote all, we ripping raw. The boulevard ain't safe for your kids, that's how it is. In the ghetto, we ain't scared to death, but scared to live. So goody, mosey to the spot, get that moody. Rusty gas 38, special n- only. Slowly I turn, face the one and only. Naughty by nature, do my dirt or my lonely. Ask pretty Tony. When I got to b- keeps up. 36 changes, enter at your own risk Take that watch off and tuck your necklace City never sleeps, Jesus restless Rap style enslave you when you least expect it Pull a plug on your respirator, leave you breathless Wu-Tang forever and a day better On your boys, I deploy battleship raps, seek and destroy
0: That was Rumble from the game Wu-Tang Clan, Shaolin-style for the Sony PlayStation. And uh, the list of composers on that one. We have You God, featuring Inspect the Deck, Leatherface, Method Man, and produced by true master Derek Harris. Of the Wu Tang Clan,
1: I still like the fact that you took that roundabout way. Like, how do I get this awesome track on one episode themed with blood? I got it. I'll (laughs) reference
0: the game that it was. It was built on top of. Well, I mean, like it was, but like, wow, this game was violent. Yes, it was crazy violent. If you wanted to have. Like the RZA, the Jizza, and Method Man, like ripping off each other's arms. This was the game for you.
1: <laughs> and that's what actually blows my mind. That they actually said we're going to make, we're going to take that template, we're going to make this
0: game, but we're not going to change the gruesomeness of it. Oh no, no, they like they amped it up. Like they, they they had they made a whole bunch of um, like uh, generic bad guys. So like the Wu, so like the Wu Tang clans, like kung fu master gets kidnapped into New York, and they have to travel through New York looking for their master. And the, the, all the all
1: the generic enemies, where they weren't generic, they were still caricatures, but they were like the enemies that you would find in fighting games. Like you had to fight them, right? Yeah, in you had the to fight,
0: Yeah, you had to fight them in the arenas. But then also was every almost every every person from the Wu Tang clan, every artist from the Wu Tang clan, was a character in the game also that you could play as. It through the story mode. So you could go, you could fight through all thirty-six chambers to earn like what I don't know, like unlock the other characters and moves and stuff. Or you could just do a full-out battle royale, like you know, four 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 players, players, up to four players, all against each other, and you can you can play whoever you wanted. And they, every single character, had like moves and variations of moves, and they all had finisher moves. Most of them had multiple finisher moves. It was crazy. Very bloody, very and, bloody, very dark.
1: And it's interesting too because, like, this game, from my understanding, it actually did sell decently well. Like yeah, it, it yeah. Didn't slouch in slouch in, in the retail shit.
0: It had a um, had a special release with a special controller that was the shape of a giant W, which looked like really painful to hold. Uh, Michael Bridgewater found it at a uh, flea market when he was like in in in, in the UK. Oh, cool! Like he was driving around and he saw it in like some guy's box, and he was like. Whoa. <laughs> he's listening to this episode. This called, if he so. hears this episode, he has to take a photo of it and something to show it to, yeah, no, here to look at. He had a picture of it somewhere. I got to find it again. And I was like, that's amazing that it found its way over there.
1: Now, like, the original game that this was built up of, if I remember, I don't remember who developed it. I think it was like a no-name studio at the time. But the game itself was called Thrill
0: Kill. Yes. It
1: never got an official release because it was deemed kind of too violent, plus <laughs> the themes and it weren't.
0: Yeah. Good. No, yeah, it was it was really it was really I mean, it was violent for violence sake. Yeah. But then it was also super um like uh, like in bad taste.
1: Yeah, like I think you could be a gimp and like a, like a, cr- a really creepy sexy nurse type character. Yeah, it, it was
0: like really bad like tropes and like some racist elements and stuff mm-hmm. and so they were like no, 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 we're not going to do this. But I think it was the same developers called Paradox Development and then once Wu-Tang... Once they, they slapped on, like, the whole Wu-Tang clan and, and did all this with it, They uh, Activision really uh, 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 published it.
1: And it's funny, too, because, like, I remember this was back when burning games for your consoles was actually pretty
0: easy to do. A very easy to do. If your console could play the, the burned copy... Super simple.
1: So, real kill people, a lot of people were grabbing burned versions of the prototype version of the game. Right, because that was never
0: released. Yeah, Exactly. Yeah. And
1: I remember grabbing it thinking, huh, I'm cool, I got this prototype game. Everyone come check out this game. It took like maybe like three matches. Like, I don't think I want to play this
0: anymore. <laughs> yeah, there's not much going on. There wasn't much going on with this game either. But, like, it was... The theme made it work. The, the the, yeah, the theme made it work. So, like, if you're in the Wu-Tang Clan and...
1: It's between the characters yeah. and their music.
0: That will keep you playing this yeah. as long oh, totally. as you at least
1: are okay with the gameplay.
0: Exactly. And and, and you know what? Sometimes, sometimes a game doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to be stupid enough for a group of drunk guys to have fun oh, yeah. <laughs> playing this game. That's that's all that matters.
1: Uh, honestly, that's Metal Wolf Chaos. Even though it's a single-player game, mm-hmm. that is just stupid enough. Have I told you about that game?
0: That's the the presidents are in giant mechs, right?
1: Yeah, the, uh, there's like a weird... like. <laughs> and like coup d'etat on the United States by the vice president in the US military. So that, that President Michael Wilson suits up in a giant mech suit. He, beginning of the, he bursts out of the White House <laughs> and takes down a military force and escapes on Air Force One. And then he begins an adventure to take back America from this coup by flying his mech to various cities in the United States and just throwing down and it is absurd oh my gosh that's the quotes that was a one line where like I think one of my favorite lines is really early in the game and he, and he goes talks to the secretary he goes Jody do we have anything scheduled for today and she goes well sir you have to meet with a Japanese um was it, a, a Japanese ambassador in regards to wildlife conservation a wildlife conservation effort and he goes oh no I guess I going to, have to cancel that appointment
0: today because today I have to save America. <laughs> <laughs> and he just causing references like, like why did he even ask? Like, uh, oh, hey, what do I have going on today? Well, I mean, you have a meeting with the, uh, the secretary of this, and you have to, uh, oh, you have to work out the budget for this. No, can't do that today. I have to save America. <laughs> I can, you,
1: but sir, Peace that's out.
0: impossible. I can do anything <laughs>
1: because I'm. The pre- it's, it's I'm oh. the president. It's it's a game where. It, 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 it was really, it was originally an Xbox One game, mm-hmm. like original Xbox game, and it uh, the guys who did Armored Core made. It. Now it has some flaws too. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. I loved Armored
0: Core. Oh yeah. Like, I, I, around the same time this game came out, I was yep. playing Armored Core. Yeah.
1: And it's it's a quality... the game itself has some problems. Like as far as like you know quality goes, like there's some weird sound leveling issues in the game and stuff like it's some that. Some production quality. It's Some production yeah, quality. Okay. okay. But. For the sh- just like you said about this, for the sheer level of absurdity that it yeah, gives you're you. are going to have fact- fun anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and the gameplay itself is actually not bad at all. It's genuinely a fun play. It's just, you'll be like, oh crap, the sound needs to get leveled again. But it's just, it's so enjoyable just to run around and hear them say stupid crap. Oh, and then it's like, just... That lies almost like I'm going to win because I have the power of friendship and hope, like that kind of stuff. But like, oh, like, throw like,
0: America in there instead. Uh, it's like the developers, like they knew, like this is what they wanted. You know, like this is this is going to make it fun. Oh, it they, was a total parody. They, like, maybe the production value isn't going to make it fun. This is going to make it fun, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's great. All right, it's, it's glorious. What's, what's your last track?
1: Well, my last track is going to be from another game. I have picked from it before. But I'll take the excuse to play awesome music from this game and it fits the theme. So, ha da 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 da. La da da da. -da. Um, I'm going to name this track, but I might ask you to choose it for me and then we'll just play the proper one after. Oh, okay. Okay. Cool. So, this track that I'm personally going with to start is called Urge to Freedom from the game Mary Skelter Nightmares. Also, believe it or not, composed by Ziz Studios Yo Oyama and Tai Sena on violin. Oh, cool. I ended up sticking with this track. Yeah. Rob seemed to really dig it too. I, yeah.
0: That was like, Oh, we're playing this one. This is good.
1: So this was urge to freedom from the game. Mary Skelter nightmares on the PlayStation Vita and soon Nintendo switch composed by Yo Oyama of Ziz studio and Tai Sena on the violin and that violin even though everything about it is awesome that violin is what really makes this track mm-hmm. what it is I think
0: that really, yeah, that's awesome it really drives the track mm-hmm. like, you, like, Oh, that's so cool that's so cool it, it's just a good
1: track for how it's used to it's a boss theme in the game but it's the boss theme from when you're fighting the nightmares and the labyrinths that you're in so throughout the game as you're playing it you're exploring environments but in these environments there are these nightmares who patrol them and every once in a while, they'll try to find you. Or they're always trying to find you. But if they do, a chase sequence occurs. But they're chasing you through the labyrinth, including enemies getting into combat behind you. And if you don't defeat them before the monster catches up, he'll join the fight. And it's like, oh, no. <laughs> so you're basically trying to <laughs> oh, run these guys in the oh, dark.
0: Oh, that's cool. Um, this is the game where like, um, like you have to like take the other character's blood to power up your moves.
1: Yeah, it's weird. Like, mm-hmm. you fight monsters... And when you hit the monsters with certain types of attacks, their blood gets on your characters. Oh, and that's, that blood oh, that's, powers them up. That's right, you're not
0: draining their blood. Like you're just like covering yourself in their blood and that powers you up, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. But
1: it also can make you power drunk. <laughs> if you get if you're
0: too engorged by it. Oh, do you go like
1: Berserk? You can go Berserk. Oh, cool. okay. Which means you'll turn on your party members and all that stuff. Hmm. So the way to cure that is there's a specific character in the game whose blood can neutralize the insanity effect which makes for one of the most bizarre game consoles I've heard of in my life, where he has something called the Mary Gun that's directly attached to his veins, and he shoots his blood like a gun <laughs> at the other characters to cleanse them of the monster blood that's driving them crazy and making them powerful. The entire
0: game runs on the premise of blood. It's a really weird game. Wow, and I like the idea of these monsters. Like, If you're like within a battle already, but there's other enemies coming up from behind you that can like chase you down and, and like...
1: specifically the nightmares though mm.
0: because normal enemies are just random
1: encounters but mm. the nightmare exists outside of random encounters he's actually walking around the labyrinth with you and he chases after you when he finds you and it's just, it's just a race against time to get away from him cool. now here's an interesting little tidbit you probably didn't know about with this but it's also a, lo- a lovely element of this show that I've come to really appreciate how we do this show mm-hmm. so I originally brought this game up a couple months ago or maybe like in February or so
0: yeah, I think that was like when we first started. Like, you didn't really. This game must have come out recently, right? Because we oh no, it, it didn't come out recently. But I started playing it recently. It was okay. like
1: I was like finally digging into the backlog and grabbing it off. Yeah, the it, wasn't, shelf. it
0: was like January, February of this year mm-hmm. that you started getting it. So, so mm-hmm.
1: one of our listeners, Dan, listened to that episode, and I can't remember whether he bought it or he had it in his backlog. But he started playing the game. And he, of course, got way farther than me, ultimately beat the game. Oh, cool. But he would message me from time to time. We'd talk about his progress and his take on the game. Yeah, yeah. And he literally broke the thing. Like, he had this cheap party that he was able <laughs> to discover that kind of just broke
0: the game. And I'm like, I don't know if I could comfortably use that now that I know it exists. That's what's cool about these things. Like, a lot, like, like these, these games are all about, like, figuring out. How to, how to exploit, like, the, the system, like, the battle systems and stuff, all the all the, uh, the, the supports the characters have for each other, and, and so he, he like, he, he, he ripped it apart. He just decimated <laughs> this game,
1: and it's just it was cool because, like, he would just kind of, like, message us, like, hey, Pranel, I'm playing this game that you mentioned, and here's how it's working, here's how I feel about it, and it was just that nice dialogue. Like, I, I brought this up with a lot of people in the past, and I brought it up with friends, and it's also a large part of what I try to get out of Rhythm and Pixels chat either. It's that sense of game community mm-hmm. and game shared play. Because there's this feeling sometimes. Like If you're not in, like say, like FGC or Fortnite and all that kind of stuff, a lot of the games we play are solitary experiences.
0: RPGs, uh, platformers, collect-a-thons, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, a lot of single-player um, experience. yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's
1: easy as you get Mm -hmm. older to get this sense of uh, isolation Mm -hmm. when you play these kinds of games. Because, again, while you're playing them, it's just you and the controller and the TV, and they run for 40-plus hours sometimes. So that's a lot of your time being isolated. Mm -hmm. But when you get that social element to back it up, some of the how a lot of people go gorge a gorgeous TV show and then go to work and talk about it. Yeah, exactly. It's the same idea that people typically don't utilize with games that I've come to notice. But it should. You should be able to say, hey, man, I'm playing uh, Fire Emblem right now. My favorite party member is this guy. I have him using electric tomes mm. and this item. He maybe he helped me power through stage twenty-five. How are you doing? Well, I haven't even opened my copy yet, but now I know who to use with the lightning tome. You know, like that kind of thing. Like no. it's just, it feels good to have that sense of community and exchange of information, and dialogue, and even if your response is this game sucks. Make it constructive. Why did you not like it? Well, I didn't like the fact that this happened and this is the game played out. And in the end, it's like I'm still enjoying hearing your take on this game.
0: The fact that you didn't like it because yeah. of this stuff. As long as it's constructive, you still feel like oh, this is for, um, this still sparked um, dialogue about this thing. Yeah, I'm not trying to defend it. I just want to talk about it. Yes, and then you still get to talk about it. Exactly. I like that. And this
1: it's come. A, I feel like it's come a long way in that we're like just mm. talking games with people. Good. Like I even bought uh what was it? Electric Boogaloo, who's he's not even in Rhythm Pistol Chat because he doesn't do the Facebook. Yeah. Um he could good, good on him. Oh, hey, I'm not knocking it. I <laughs> if if I never good started on, Facebook, I'd probably be okay with it. But good, good I'm on, already on there. So he got you. me yeah. tricked into my veins. Mm. But uh he on the Discord chat he recommended I get the Spyro collection. And I bought that after he was like, You will really like it. You'll really like it. And keep in mind, I never played Spiral the Dragon. Like, Going back to the PS One, I ignored it. Oh, really? I was kind of tired of mascot characters at that point. It's like, okay, everything's an animal that talks and he's smart alecky. And, and I don't have time for
0: this. He's got some attitude. He had attitude,
1: yes. And it was like, I don't really feel like I want this game. But <laughs> after him suggesting it enough, I was like, you know, it's on sale. I'll grab it. See how it is. And I'm having fun with it. I've been playing it bit by bit because, mm-hmm. as you know, between reviews plus the board games, social life. And other games I want to play is really hard to get to specific games. Yeah. But I get to Spyro, and in a few times I've been able to sit with it. Whenever I do, it becomes like a marathon. Like I'm like, okay, I'm into this until it's time for bed, <laughs> yeah, and I'm right. hooked. Like it's, it's some. I'm surprised I like it as much as I do. Hmm. It's a quality experience. It's very lighthearted. It's it's borderline like a
0: Disney type game. Yeah, yeah. I think that's why people really enjoy it because it is it is like that. It's very. It's very easy to pick up and play, mm-hmm. but it's just enjoyable. Like Ratchet and Clank is like that. It's not super yep. hard. It's just it's just really fun to to, to play through. Yep, and all, I, all, I, all of those games.
1: And to this day, like I'll, I'll pick up a Ratchet and Clank game oh, yeah. and just boot right th- through it. Oh,
0: and the characters are super silly and they're fun. Um, oh, look, plumber's crack. Where'd you say it? I say it at the plumber's bit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like the dumb puns and the stupid jokes. Like, um, it's just something fun about that. Mm-hmm. I, you know, let me talk about something serious for a minute. Plumber's crack surgery surgery is very serious pernell it is very serious. specifically in trauma center under the knife part two electric boogaloo for the yeah, electric boogaloo for the nintendo ds this is a gentle breeze coming through the trauma center <laughs> <laughs> that's a long track title <laughs> <laughs> yeah a gentle breeze from trauma center to under the knife Pencil Breeze from the game Trauma Center: Under the Knife Part Two for the Nintendo DS, composed by Manabu Namiki. Um, yeah, so <laughs> completely different from the tracks we've just been listening to.
1: But honestly,
0: honestly though, I'm perfectly okay with this oh, yeah. difference because this is, this is a light, this is a lo- this is a lovely track. I love everything about it.
1: Yes, it is. Hmm. I'm going to wages this Pride Door One, of, like the hospital, like cinema sequences. Oh
0: yeah, there's like it's like it's like, um, like a lighthearted. It'd be like a kid is loose in the hospital, and he's just you know causing trouble, pushing Jeez. over pushing over carts of blood and stuff like that. That's not very lighthearted. <laughs> that's actually uh, very dangerous. Those little, those little whippersnappers
1: just con- <laughs> contaminating the office with
0: like, sealed vials of blood all over the floor. You know, like oh, you're in the operating theater and you're trying to uh, do like a like a liver transplant, and just kids are getting in there with their sticky fingers. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> oh, that's, he's an adorable little scamp. He's like, oh, a uh, nurse. Uh, totally going to pa- get a suit for malpractice. He to be the scalpel nurse, and this kid comes in here with his lollipop, and he's like, you're the lollipop, mister. And he's like, oh." oh. Aw. It's a beach track. Maybe it's like, maybe it's surgery on the beach. Mm. No. Yeah, beach surgery. That would be extremely unsanitary. <laughs> it would be, wouldn't it? Sand blowing everywhere.
1: That just would not work. Well, uh, that do you I a tent up.
0: <laughs> a I'm, beach tent. A beach tent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I just put a towel. I just put a towel down.
1: Yeah. That would do the trick. No, work, that it work out fine. And what else <laughs> it would probably bring tensions down. Mm. Think about it. <clears throat> You're in an environment that's relaxing, mm-hmm. sand on the stand on the ground, breeze blowing, people laughing and playing outside. You and might, here
0: you are for surgery. You might have a, a much higher survival rate if you were more relaxed on the beach. Yes. Now but if I were hope, your, anyway. if I were your doctor, you would not. Because in these games I'm terrible at, which is why all my patients lose lots of blood.
1: Yeah, but in these games you also have those cool powers, which is why I like about trauma stuff. Oh yeah,
0: you slow down. A healing power what's it called? Healing just healing power. Healing touch. Healing touch. <laughs> yes, healing touch and you can slow down time. I always thought that was funny because like you're working like on a, a patient that's like cut open. And, and, like, suddenly the doctor says, healing touch. And he's, like, he's going to touch the open wound. <laughs> you know? it's a, I'm trying to remember, like, exactly how it plays in like, the game. Get doctor, like, get your hands out of there.
1: It's, uh. like, I think the way I'm trying to remember, I want to say in the game, it's, like, it's good for just bringing his vital signs back up. Because, like, there's, like, a virus yeah. that there's, like, superhuman viruses that are attacking the patients sometimes. It's,
0: yeah, it's, like, the, um, it's, it's the parallel to, like, having, like, a catch-up feature in a racing game where, like, if you're in first place, your opponents get like a little bit of a speed boost to make it more of a race yeah Um, but
1: in this case the the opponent is a super virus that can just tear out of a person (laughs) even though you just sewn them up they'll just remove the stitching and like re. it's a it's such a weird premise (laughs) when you think about but it's this game i will say the trauma center franchise Mm -hmm. was a prime example of what you can get when companies get experimental and say we're gonna do something really weird and unexpected with our game. Super, super different. Because it's I didn't expect this game franchise to be great, but it is. And I actually came up with a good game idea recently too. Oh yeah? Mm -hmm. I don't know if I can ever pull it off. But I was talking to Mark about it yesterday too. The idea is that you are chefs and you are just typical chefs like to cook. However, you are also in an environment where food is mutated and alive. And violent <laughs> and is trying to do bad things. And the idea is that as chefs, you are fighting these vicious foods, trying to subdue them. <laughs> but while this is happening, a rival chef team is also fighting the food. Oh, I like You're that. You're competing to fight the food while the food's trying to kill all of you. <sighs> food fight. And it gets better. Yeah. When you kill the food, I the monsters. They become ingredients, which you then cook during the stage. Uh-huh. And they become food items, which I'm still trying to figure out whether you should use the food in an ultimate cooking battle contest.
0: Or those are like win conditions where like the more monsters you defeat, you're trying to defeat specific monsters for those ingredients to fulfill those recipes. Exactly. Mm, And you'd be like, okay, for this contest, I'm going to
1: make this dish. But to get this dish, I need to kill five tomato beasts, a broccoli bandit, and (laughs) a chicken catatory sasquatch.
0: Oh, that's funny. And
1: you're just pretty much fighting it out and you might have two chefs fighting one monster he's like okay we gotta work together on this we'll split the ingredients or something weird like that oh man
0: that would be like a fun turn based battle
1: yeah it's like it's just the thought of it being like a versus like a competition but also like Fire Emblem style you have to actually beat the stage game too Mm. so you can win the battle but not the war because your Mm. dishes are just tawdry compared to the opposing teams we should, we, should,
0: we should workshop this. This this could have worked as a board game or as a video game. Just yeah. About this some more.
1: I would play in either form. <clears throat> and right. I came up with it because I was talking about on SML. I was like, we were doing a whole conversation. I was like, everything's been done. Like, <laughs> there, what's you know. left to come up with in the game? And I was just sitting there, I was like, what could there be? I'm like, like I got I mean, this thing cooking. There's not enough cooking That's games. why
0: I'm always, like, really excited when, like, new games come out that have, like, completely... Um, original ideas mm-hmm. and and they're, or they're just executed in a really original way. I'm always super excited because it just shows me that there's people out there constantly trying new things. Mm-hmm. And what you see, what's really cool is like you have to think like what you see produced or released and distributed that you're buying might have been like the eighth or tenth or hundredth iteration of an idea that these artists already had. Mm-hmm. Like they've worked through so many different ideas to get to this one, you know.
1: And then they're hoping this is the one that ticks. This is the one that people yeah.
0: enjoy. And if you bought it, then obviously it did at some point, you know. It clicked with you.
1: And that's honestly why, and also by the same token, as much as I love this stuff, it also irks me sometimes when like game design can get lazy. Because Don't get me you wrong. Know, yeah, yeah. Any game design is work. Like mm-hmm. I can't. I I've never built a game, but there are sometimes you can clearly tell like they're just resting their laurels on this because they know it works. Right. Let's just throw it out there. And not it, necessarily a bad thing either, because somebody might be saying, "I need another military shooter. I'll just buy Call of Duty '96. It's fine. I yeah, want to get my I'm yearly a, hit." There's
0: a lot of people who work on those things, and and they and they make them, but these their kids, but pays their bills. Have, yeah, but it could have been something else.
1: Hey, yeah, it could have been Call of Duty. Maybe stop <laughs> I was
0: gonna say you're gonna go there. Aren't I had <laughs> to. I had to. Oh boy! All right, so we're gonna turn this track down. Diaper changing madness gameplay. Call of Duty, and that's the new dance game. Oh, yeah. DD. Oh, the new DDR competitor. I would call play that of arcade. Booty. Oh, that's my new handle. Call of Booty. Done. <laughs> Done. All right. Turn this track down, and we're going to get into the part of the show we call the bonus round.
1: Bonus oh, 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 round. Going to party tonight.
0: <laughs> that's good. That is very good. No, call, call of Booty approves. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> call stop. Of, call of Booty loves that music. All right. <laughs> this bonus round is the part of our show where we play. Covers and remixes and arrangements on our theme, and so Pernell, what you got for the bonus round?
1: Pernell got lazy for the bonus round. Nah. He wanted to play more tracks. Okay, well, so wait, I didn't go with any it.
0: covers. I can dig it.
1: So I wanted to pick a track from Bloody War. Oh, Bloody War. Bloody <laughs> Roar One. It was a game that it was one of those fighting games that actually clicked for me within the sea of thousands that didn't. It was
0: very interest. very, very interesting. It was very cool. Very, very cool concept and like. That kind of 3D Tekken-type style.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Really sick soundtracks. I'm excited that you picked from this game.
1: And for the record, I didn't choose it just because the title is Bloody Roar. Mm-hmm. The story's premise was also that the reason why they were in, they were able to turn into monsters was because it was an infection in their blood. Oh, that's right, yeah. The actual blood mutation. Mm-hmm. So premise of the game was that all the fighting game characters had a secondary animal form they could just morph into and some of their moves got edited because of it like now they have like claw swipes that did more damage some of them had brand new moves when they were in monster forms it's just a great game they're very cool now the track that i'm going to pick mm-hmm. is for the stage of Bakariu, the mole character and it's called underground and it's interesting because this game apparently had a breakdown of like instruments and stuff like like a band quartet that did it so composed by Takayuki Nagishi guitar uh, Takayuki on guitar, Michio Nagoka on bass, Toshi Nobu on drums, and Makoto Matsushita on alternate guitar.
0: Yeah, that's what's cool when when these games get like really like when they get official releases and, and everyone gets credited for their work. Mm-hmm. Um, it's always exciting when you see that. All right, let's go, bloody roar! <laughs>
1: Welcome back. You just listened to Underground (laughs) from the game Bloody Roar, composed by, well, composition. We have Takayuki Nagishi, Takayuki Hijikata on guitar, Michio Nagaoka on bass, Toshinobu Takimoto on drums, and Makoto Masushita on guitar. Hmm. That many names for that many instruments, this may as well have been a bonus round track in the traditional sense, but...
0: I love the OST to Bloody Roar so much. It's awesome. That it's I wanted to bring it up. So the, the the really smooth chill tracks are super funky, super sexy, mm-hmm. and like in these hard rock tracks have like a kind of a funky edge to them. Yes, really cool. That was a lot of buzzwords in there. Does it make you want to dance? Maybe not this track, because this isn't a dancey beat to me. I think Call of Booty wants to dance. Oh, would you <laughs> stop it? It's been a while. Um, oh, What's popping? After we listened to the track, we watched some music videos of a man dancing to some Bloody Roar music, and...
1: It was a very bizarre
0: thing. And time just passed. <laughs> and apparently it went by doesn't... so quickly.
1: Yes, it did. It was
0: surprisingly entertaining, but I would never want to watch it again. Yeah, so sorry, everybody. <laughs> that's all we're doing now. That's that's the show.
1: Watching random person dance to VGM. Right. That's not danceable.
0: All right, so for my bonus round track, I really wanted to pick um, from the new uh, So Samurai Showdown. The newest version that was released this year because it is crazy bloody, like it is surprisingly bloody. Um, I mean, they've all have been really bloody, but like the animation and the artwork, it's very red. It's very cool. Um, I'm doing a lot of things with my hands right now. Um, It's a bad and good game. But I listened to the soundtrack and I really enjoyed it. But I found this one track. It was uh, the music for the uh, the trailer that was released at PAX East. um, I think it was last year and the music never actually made it into the game. Oh. Yeah, so it was only, SNK only put it to the trailer, and then it just never got into the official soundtrack. So, yeah, this is bonus round material. So this is called the Blood Moon Massacre, or Embrace Death, and this is from Samurai Showdown 2019, I'm gonna make that its official name right now, Um, or Samurai Spirits 2019, and it's composed by Ghost Rider. Blood Moon Massacre Embrace Death by Ghost Rider for Samurai Showdown 2019 um but only for the trailer never actually in the in the uh, the official soundtrack not in the official soundtrack honestly you Pretty awesome, earlier
1: about the Kirby <laughs> yeah. Ska thing for some reason at the end of that track I started going like pick it up pick it
0: up pick, yeah. up, pick it up <laughs> it's got that I don't know something about that tempo and those those really heavy drums, it's like, uh, uh, uh. It just makes you like kind of just jump and bounce in your chair. It's really cool. I've never like played it. this game, and mm-hmm. I
1: wasn't much for the franchise in general, but I do know that Nakaruru is awesome. And when I did play yes. it, that was who I use along with Charlotte.
0: Yeah, I always liked, um, Howard, How Maru, How yeah, he's like the Samurai, and the yeah, white key yeah, the like uh, the, the kind of the, the mascot of the game. Yeah, I was really into this on the Neo Geo. Um and the new one is getting embraced by the uh, the fighting game community pretty pretty heavily. Really, like, people are really into
1: it. So it's it. succeeding.
0: Yeah, it's doing really. It looks it looks really cool. The um the game mechanics it has um it has very similar to Guilty Gear of that kind of like you can build up to a one hit kill mm-hmm. where everyone's got kind of like a special move that just like knocks a guy out, slices him in half. But I think a lot of the other games had that too. Maybe
1: this means that we could soon be getting a re release of the ADV anime.
0: From the 90s. <laughs> Maybe. I'm sure it's on its way. <laughs> some HD remaster of some cheesy um, uh, Samurai Spirits OAV.
1: Hitting on the disc somewhere. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's already out it's there. It's already on the
0: disc. That'd be amazing. All right. For more information on the bonus round part of our show, go to rhythmandpixels.com. We'll have links to the band camps and SoundClouds and everywhere where you can get the music and support these artists. All right, thanks for listening to our episode 19-5 of Rhythm and Pixels. Blood, the blood music, the blood dance, the blood the blood podcast, the blood podcast, the bloodcast. 19-5 blood- the Bloody Ballet. I think that's going to be the title, Bloodcast. <laughs> bloody Ballet. <laughs> the Bloody Ballet. Or, blo- or Blood Soiree. Soire. The, the Blood Orchestra. <laughs> blood tater.
1: Nah, I got nothing. <laughs> the Blood Taters. <laughs> Like blood tatorship. Oh, I don't know. Um, but it's so, an, it's interesting that it was a topic that it stems from a good place, but it's a be like, let's talk about games that have a lot of blood in them. Like yeah. that's, that's pretty <laughs> much how it converts. Like I was cause I I'm not gonna lie. There was a party I was like, what are some games where blood transfusions are a major component of them? And I tried hmm. I could not if it wasn't like Theme Hospital or something, (laughs) right? I I couldn't
0: think of anything. I was trying to think of like ways of um like like what where is like blood an important mechanic in a game? You know, I just I I wasn't clicking, so I was like, "Mm, Mary Skelter is pretty much it. Yeah, that's that's I remember that that did come up in my 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 uh, my thoughts, my prayers. But no one's praying to Mary Skelter. No no one is. Um, but yeah, so this was our blood episode. Um, next week I want to do a Simpsons episode soon. There's a lot of Simpsons games.
1: Or not even just the gaze. I'm thinking like if I can even think of like a good quote, I don't know. We'll have to figure out something. Like, is it gonna okay, be quote well, base we, or is it based should, on the games? No, we
0: should do like a um, we should make a Google Doc where we just list quotes and then we have to think of tracks for those quotes. Alright. That's kind of like that could be part of the joke. That's kind of podcasting nightmare mode though. <laughs> yeah, but I can I can wager I can think of a couple people that that we, I know that listen to the show that would really appreciate that topic. You get a you get a dental plan, Lisa needs braces track.
1: Yeah, but then that that would make me wonder: Are there any games where you're featured? that feature a prominent dentist,
0: mm. really like a scary dentist, right?
1: Little shop of horrors, the game. <laughs>
0: Man, that could work. The musical, the, the game, the musical, the game,
1: the book, the game. <laughs> I'm gonna be a dentist.
0: <laughs> um, so, spit. if you'd like um, to get in contact with us, you can send us an email: rhythmandpixels at hotmail.com. Um, and if you'd like more information about the show full track listing of all the episodes and access to all of the episodes I think um, at this point some of them are cut off on our podcast feed but you can check them all out on the website rhythmandpixels.com and if you want to check us out on YouTube it's youtube.com slash rhythmandpixels and there um, there's access to um, most recent episodes and there is there are and there there is our BK there is our Uh, 24-7 radio station playing nothing but 8-bit and 16-bit music classics. Um, And you can check us out on social media, which is uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. It's Rhythm and Pixels, all one word. And we have a little group called Rhythm and Pixels Chat. And that's always a good time. I think our game of the month is... Rayman Legends. Yes. So get into it. That's... That looks like a lot of fun for now. I know, will, to this come day, over and play your game. Honestly,
1: I, <laughs> to this day, I stand by the belief that Rayman Legends is probably one of, if not the most perfect platform 2D mm-hmm. platformer to ever have been made. It's worth any platforming fan's time. And I am hoping that more, as many people as pop-up listening to the show that are in Rhythm and Pixels chat will play this game. Hmm and experience it for what it yeah, is. Yeah, you mentioned
0: it. It you got me through my mentioned. surgery recovery oh, that's too. That's right. Yeah, yeah, that's why we talked about it. Hey, blood, surgery. Bam. Bam, Bam. connections. <laughs> um, if you want to support the show, um, you can hit the subscribe button, hit the like button, or just tell your friends. In fact, that's all you need to do. Just tell people you like. Yeah, Tell people, anyone who will listen. Share the fun because we have fun
1: doing the show. We hope you have fun listening mm-hmm. to it. So if that's the case on both fronts, why not spread
0: the love like jam on our nicely toasted slice of bread? But if you would also like to maybe buy us some toasted bread with some jam, you can go to <laughs> Patreon.com. What? <laughs> uh, if you can support us in other ways, Patreon.com slash The If you donate there, um, you get access to a monthly live stream where we record the show and live. bread. And we'll next, okay next time you hear it here. I'll have toast, delicious toast. And you can watch us eat toast, not on the podcast but on the stream.
1: Yeah, because the, but then we'll get crumbs everywhere. Oh yeah, uh, that'd be effective. I'll,
0: I'll, I'll put a towel down. Um, and um, I know you get those weird mouth noises, so I'll, maybe I'll just cut that out. Uh, but we also like to thank each and every one of you at the end of the show. And so we like to thank uh, that Nick Walker. Mike Myers and new uh, Patreon member Martin Argenius. Thank you Thank so you. much for uh, supporting us. Uh, Steve Miller, the Autistic Gamer eighty nine. Excuse me, uh, Cameron Worma, Christopher Senstrom, Bobby Arson of One Up Funk. Check him out at, um, on Instagram at One Up Funk. Wicked Sephiroth, Okay Impala, Carlito from the Heroes Three Part Heroes Three Podcast. Michael Bridgewater from the Forever Sound Version Podcast. Brian Pitt, Morton Gangso. Chris Marie. Wait, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa! It was Murray. Chris Murray. There's only hey, one hey, way to hey, say hey, that. Hey, Murray, Hey, 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 hey! hey, hey now, hey. um, thank uh, the last weekend. Jupiter Jazz, Solus Sanctuary, Damian Beckles, Joe Vasallo, Chris Steenerson, Alex the Messenger. Messenger, um, check out his Facebook group of uh, VGM Podcast Fans if you want to know, if you want to meet more. Um, podcasters if you want to know about other podcasts if you just want to hang out with some cool dudes cool ladies talking about video game music and potato chips and potato chips we talk about everything in that that's a cool Facebook group it's very positive it's very welcoming check that out on Facebook and also David Smith D- David David Not Daniel David Smith David Smith David Odd, Odd Smith thank you all so much for your for your uh, continued support of the show thanks for just being awesome people yeah we really like it we love every one of you um, I want to thank um, we got an email from Brian um, saying hey great podcast and he sent us some really nice words thank you so much for that email um, it meant a lot to us uh, I will be writing you back eventually but I thought I would just give a nice little call out at the end of the show maybe you might appreciate that more I don't know um. It,
1: honestly and honest it, it may seem like we're kidding around but I kid you not when those emails come through
0: Yeah. Feels it, it, great. It, it, it
1: could be on a weird day, like a really rough day mm-hmm. at work or that day where it's like, Man, I've been working out and i all I'm allowed to eat now is this slice of carrot <laughs> and to see these emails pop in, it feels really good. Yeah. It's a nice day flipper. So thank you very much for taking the time to reach out and write to us and just let us know your thoughts.
0: It feels great. Yeah, it feels good. It feels good. Thanks. Thanks for flipping the day for my friend. Don't oh. flipping, flipping my day, flipping my friend's day. Um, thanks for listening to the show, Rhythm and Pixels. This has been episode World Nineteen, episode five. We're gaining in on World Twenty. I don't think Mario's ever had a world. As you know, Super Mario Three D Land, I think, had a World Twenty. I think it did too. Yeah, but like this, this is this is gonna be like. It's going to be like more like Meat Boy, where there's like spikes everywhere. <laughs> the Dark World <laughs> variants, that's all it is. But we're getting in on that. So anyway, thanks for listening. My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm Pernell. We'll see you next week. And remember, yes, I'm going to bring it up.
1: The premise of this episode was blood, but it was more specifically pointed to the idea of donating blood, blood donation. They are a very, extremely important aspect of day-to-day life. More and more blood donations are becoming needed in order to handle the need as people get injured or hurt, and in, whether it be whatever means of which they get hurt. And donations are what allow hospitals to sustain them until they're able to mend their wounds and heal them. Fun fact 36,000 units of red blood cells are needed every day in the United States, and 7,000 units of platelets and 10,000 units of plasma are needed daily. And for fun fact, because I've donated these platelets, take a long time to give. We're talking three hours. Oh wow! So it's not a slow churn. Um, and it's funny because there's a constant need for this, but there's a lot of you know I guess concern or worry about. I don't know if I want to donate blood. I'm afraid of needles. Are they profiting off of my blood? All kinds of stuff. But to me, at the end of the day is real simple. If you're healthy and you're able to do it, you should donate. Why? It's one of the literal easiest things you can do to help people. If you're broke, donate blood. doesn't cost you a dime. If you're hungry, donate blood. They give you cookies when you're done. I mean, <laughs> you want to meet some friendly people? Donate blood. Honestly, the orderlies that are there, the plebotomists, I always get that word right, but plebotomy, plebotomists, I'm sticking with it. Okay. They're very friendly kind people, yeah. and most of the even though they do get paid, I've always come to feel as though it's more of a labor of love and like desire to help others than it is about just making a paycheck. It's just a good thing to do. Obviously this isn't about the folks who aren't able to donate. I understand that you can't. It's unfortunate, but it's more about folks who can. If you can, you should do. The one follow-up aspect to that, don't necessarily wait for a blood drop. Why? Simple blood doesn't have much of a shelf life to it so what ends up happening is you'll have these wandering periods where there's a need for blood and people aren't coming in so then they institute a blood drive because it's meant to spark need or spark the desire to do a good thing in people and of course when you go to a blood drive you show so it's like a nice social media thing on it you know. but what ends up happening is they get a mass influx of donors on those days some of the blood doesn't get used because they don't need it right then and there and now they're back to needing more when if it was more scattered or stra- scattered throughout the year, they would put it to better use. So just go where you can go. Don't just, wait for drives.
0: Just know that it's needed all the time. All the time. Usually when there's drives, it's just to create awareness. Mm-hmm. Or there's an emergency.
1: Yes. Yeah. And I can tell you honestly, I've been donating blood um, regularly for the last 15 years. They'll always need it. It's always appreciated. And it honestly does feel good to give. And I'm a guy who used to really be afraid of needles. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I used to, the way I got over it was I decided if I just won't, if I don't shut up while they're <laughs> taking the blood, I won't even notice it's happening. Oh, yeah. And that was how it worked for years. I would just go in, and the moment I, it gets to the point where I know they're going to eventually stick me, I look away and like, so tell me about the last ham and cheese sandwich you oh, ate. Man. How good was
0: that? I, I used to be bothered by it, but I found that if I just stare directly at it and watch the whole thing happening, it makes, like, my brain's like, oh, it's fine. It's, I see it's happening.
1: But that's the thing That's interesting Like now I can do that Yeah But what's weird is that If I'm not looking The pain doesn't resonate Because you know You still feel the needle When it goes in Oh yeah, yeah. But when you're just staring at it Like a staring contest <laughs> it, it's, it feels more real When you see it happen Yeah But if you're not even looking It's like uh, eh, I just don't
0: want to be surprised
1: like, wow. That's why you had that Cool conversation
0: You're just talking about Ham and cheese sandwiches I'm just not as cool as you that's no, true. I'm not going to get a conversation with you. So, tell me more about those cool shades you bought so, at the Walgreens. So phlebotomy. How did you start it? Pretty much. Tell did, me more. Did you start what, when you were younger, like sixth grade, seventh grade? Phlebotomy. No one started <laughs> sixth <seventh> grade. That <laughs> no would, that one would just give me weird, awkward glances at that point. <laughs> no one likes monkeys.